welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. We're so thankful that you're here with us this morning. And we've been in an incredible series called Noel, Here Comes Heaven. And we've been celebrating the arrival of Jesus. The word Noel means Christmas, but it's oftentimes used with carols. So we've been singing these carols that have become traditions, but being able to emphasize the glory and the celebration of who Jesus is and what it represents and what it means for us. So in our first week, we got to talk about how good of a father that God is, that he gives good gifts, that he is good, and that he is love. And as we celebrated in that moment to understand who God is as a dad that loves and cares for us as opposed to makes us earn love, we're able to step further into our relationship with Jesus. And last week we got to talk about the wonder of God, how we can have wonder of God and not just wonder if God's going to be there for us, wondering if God's going to love us or care for us, but that he is with us no matter what and that we can live in awe and wonder of God. And this week, we're going to be reading from John, John 1. And before we do, and if you've got your Bible, go ahead, grab it. If you don't, we'll put on the screen in a moment. No worries. But it's important that we identify, and you'll hear us each week share this because of the importance of what this represents. Because this Bible is not just a rules and regulations book. It does share and show us the way to live well, but this is a love story about a God that so desperately loves you. A God that broke into eternity to save us. And this season, we represent and celebrate Jesus coming as a baby. But who's excited that he didn't stay that way? Because that's just the beginning of what happened and what God sent his son here for us. Yeah, we can celebrate that together. So as you read the Old Testament, we'll be talking about the Old Testament and New Testament today because this is where they collide. This is where they meet, is with the birth of Jesus that we'll be celebrating next week at our Christmas service. But if we turn to John, we're going to be in John 1, 6 to 8. Everybody else might have gotten there quicker than I did here. So it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light who is Jesus so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And today the topic we'll be talking about is waiting. If you haven't noticed by the songs that we've been singing in anticipation of Jesus, but John came before Jesus, so we're going to get to learn a little bit more about his story this morning and how that relates to Jesus. So I'm going to pray for us before we jump in. God, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're moving, that your presence is in this place. Holy Spirit, lead and guide the words from my mouth. Help me to get out of the way so that only you speak, that whoever needs to hear your word, your truth, and your love today is able to encounter you in a space where they feel like it is just you and them. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you guys a question. Who likes to wait? In the season of shopping, when you're going to the checkout line, who's looking for that shortest line? And then you get in that line, and then you're like, all right, I'm next, and then they need a price check. (laughs) And they're like, hey, we need so-and-so from the back, and you're just standing there. And then you watch the line where you would have been. Everybody keeps track of where they would have been. And they're like, oh, there they go. (laughs) And then you're just getting frustrated. Or then you go to self-checkout, 
And then you go to self-checkout, it's like, oh, I have the one item that doesn't automatically ring up. Like, man, I went the quickest route for this thing so that I could get out of here quickly, but I'm just stuck waiting. But waiting is something that we all get caught in. And some of us, it might be waiting, you know, waiting on the world to change. John Mayer, I've been told I reference rap music too much, but I love all music, so I just want to make that very clear. And John Mayer, that's a good little song, but what's interesting about that song is it's just continuing to talk about waiting. Waiting on the next thing to come, waiting for someone to do something. But the conclusion of it just ends that way. Like, we're still just waiting. But some of us feel like that in our day-to-day lives, but at some point in time, we have to say, you know what? I want to be the change that I want to see. But what is it that we're waiting on? And how can we wait well? Because there is a way that we can wait well, even though it's difficult and even though it's challenging and even though it's tough. You might be waiting on a job and you're like, man, I'm just trying to get my foot in the door, waiting on that promotion, waiting on that relationship that continues to not work out the way you had hoped, waiting on direction and guidance for what your future has in store because you're just in a season of waiting. And I thought I'd share a little story about us in the season of waiting that we experienced because Soul Revival Church wasn't something that we thought, okay, God, you're calling us to, and then tomorrow it's just going to happen. As much as we would have liked that to be the case, and that we prayed for it and prayed for it. But as we felt a call on our life about five years ago to step into full-time ministry, we didn't know what that looked like. And there was some heartache and struggle in the midst of it. And as we prayed about it, as we even thought in the midst of our waiting to understand, God, you have called us to this. You have placed a call on our life to do something for your kingdom, for your glory. Because that's even more frustrating, right? When you're waiting on something that's not just what you want, but you're, you're feeling like, this is what God has for me, but why am I just here? Why am I stuck? And I'm gonna get vulnerable with you. That last song, man, I spent multiple hours in traffic jam, sobbing in worship to that song, just asking God, like, we're in the waiting. What does that look like? And as he said, you know what, you need to launch a church in Racine, Wisconsin. That was two years ago. It's been two years since God placed that specific direction in our life, so it still didn't happen quickly. And as we prayed over what that could look like, the first step, and it was in November two years ago, where we put our house on the market in Illinois. We're like, all right, we're selling our house, we're moving to Racine. Man, it would have been awesome if it sold right away. But we got to wait. We got to wait for a year and a half for that house to sell. And in the midst of it, we didn't understand why. We had no clue why it was taking so long, why it wouldn't sell. But we had a real estate agent who didn't know Jesus who kept saying, there's going to be a recession that's coming. There's going to be a recession and you need to short sale your house. That's the only way that you're going to sell it. And as we prayed about it, we looked at each other and said, you know what? God called us to sell this. He's not going to sell our house and make us go into debt because of it. If this is his call for us, if this is what he's asking us to do, he will provide. So in March of just this year, we got a full price offer on our house so that we could move to Racine and continue the call that God placed on our life to launch Soul Revival Church. We can celebrate that because that's what God did. And in the midst of the waiting, we had so many nights just wondering, like, are we just not listening to God well? Is this not what we're supposed to be doing because it's not happening the way that we planned? Because waiting, waiting is not always going to be the way that we'd like it to be. And I'm sure many of you are like, yep, I'm there right now, whatever that circumstance might be in your life. But another really cool thing about that story is we've actually launched through ARC. 
ARCA's Association of Related Churches, and they help plant churches. And we applied to be a part of ARC. And that application process, which is typically very quick for people, it took us over a year, over a year, to convince them to accept us, because we went to them and said, this is supposed to be. You, we're supposed to launch this church through you, and we know that God's called us to it. And when you hear no, we're not ones that are going to accept that. And it's like, no, what's the next opportunity? What's the next opportunity? You know how good God is? Because as we waited on that simultaneously with the sale of our house within a month of each other is when we got accepted with Ark and then our house sold. Because God is a God of miracles. He is a God that says, I want to be with you and carry you through in the midst of your waiting. But we've got to look at ourselves and say, okay, how do we wait well? And the Bible lays that out for us. It helps explain it through history. The last book of the Old Testament is Malachi. And in the book of Malachi, we'll throw it on the screen so you don't have to try to find where it's at. But in Malachi 4, 5 to 6, it says, See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. And then that's it. That's where, that's where the Old Testament just stops. I imagine it like the movies or the TV shows where it's like this disruptive ending and it's just like, <sighs> you're like, wait, what? What happened next? That, like you're hitting the player. Anybody remember VHS? If you don't, be thankful. And you're hitting the button and you're trying to wind it back. You got your finger and you're trying to turn it. Like, did I miss something? Because this didn't end the way I expected. I did not get the ending and the result I had hoped for. That is how Malachi, the book of Malachi ends silent for almost half a century over 400 years but the people who were following God the Israelites continued to do the last thing that God called them to continued to carry on what he was calling them to in the midst of not hearing from God and what to do and then there was a man named Zechariah and he and his wife were not able to have children this is a whole nother series on waiting that we could talk about because they says that they were old in age they were so old in age, and they still were not able to have a child. But Zechariah was going, and he was serving. And he was showing up, and every single week, he was there to pray and to honor God. And at, at that time, if you couldn't have children, people looked at it as though you must be doing something that's not pleasing to God. And some of you are there right now where you're like, man, my life... I swear what's happening to me, I've done everything I could, and, and you feel as though people are looking at you like, well, it's because of something you must be doing wrong. But that's not always the case. So be comforted to know that if you continue to pursue God and you continue to be in a relationship with God and trusting him, he can work out your waiting. He can. He can work in it and through it because that's what they experienced. And then they drew lots to see who was going to go into the holy right before the Holy of Holies, but to be able to light the incense in praise of God. And this was a once-in-a-lifetime type thing. So if you're reading in Luke and you're like, oh, they drew straws and he got his turn and it was like five other guys. There were like 20,000 different priests trying to get an opportunity to do this. And when they got this opportunity, it would come along once in a lifetime. And when he does and it's his turn to do it and he steps into there and would be praying over his people, an angel steps in. And an angel references those very verses from the tale end of Malachi and tells him, you're going to have a son and you're going to name him John. 
And John is going to be the one to fulfill that prophecy. Man, imagine in that moment the feeling that you would have. Because when you had that opportunity to step in and pray like that, obediently, he would have been praying for his people. He would have been doing all the prayers that we think we need to do. Oh, I pray for my community and my people. But, you know, God knew deep in his heart that he had a personal, personal need and desire to be a father. And God knew it and was like, you know what? Not only is that there, but I have a purpose through it all. Your waiting's going to pay off because I have a plan through all of this. Because John needs to come to fulfill the prophecy of Elijah. Because he is going to lead the way so that Jesus can come. And in that waiting, man, that can be a tension for us. And this morning, I want to talk with you about three different ways to wait. Three ways that we can wait well. And the first is going to be wait and wonder. Now, last week we spoke on wonder. But one of the things that I didn't get an opportunity to talk about, I wanted to go more in depth on with you, is as we're waiting in wonder often we can find ourselves just wandering because we're not living in the wonder of God. As we continue to wonder if God's going to do something, you end up wandering and then you feel lost. And as we spoke about having faith, having faith in who God is and what God wants to do in and through us, it's so important that we grow and we build our faith because faith is the confidence in things hoped for and the belief in things not seen. It's saying, all right, God, I trust you even when I don't see it. And you might have left last week going, okay, but what does that look like? How do I build my faith? Well, first, to be in God's word, to open his Bible. So with any relationship that you have, it's important to grow in that relationship, to figure out how can I get to know them better? And it's the same with God. Because the more that you understand who God is and how much he loves you and what Jesus did for you, the more awe and wonder you will live in who God is. See, because what's so incredible about God is that you're never going to fully know him. No matter how hard you try, he's such a magnificent God that the more you get to know him, the more you don't know. And that can be scary at times because you're like, man, I just felt like I was figuring this thing out and I'm still wondering who is God. But as we cling to him and we seek him out and he starts to train our hearts about who he is and his word just gets attached to our hearts, we can trust him no matter what. But we also have got to pray. Praying, there's no fancy way to pray. Praying is about communicating with God. It's being in a relationship and talking to God. Go to him with your problems and your, your burdens. Whatever you're feeling in the moment, do it. Even if you're mad at God, he is not going to be hurt by it, and he is not going to retreat. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to abandon you. And you don't have to get it all together before you can go and approach God. You can say, God, right now, my life sucks. My life is terrible, I'm frustrated, I hate where I'm at right now, and I don't even know if you're there or if you care. He will not be offended by that. Because if that's what you're feeling in your heart anyways, he wants to hear your heart because he wants to be able to help it. And if we don't share what we're feeling with God, it's just going to stay stuck there. And we're not going to be able to move forward with it. See, because God wants to turn our wandering into wonder, and he can do that. And also, you've got to surround yourself with his people. Hang out with people that love Jesus because it'll rub off on you. You'll start to see their joy and be like, man, how are they joyful right now? That unspeakable joy that we sing in all of the carols. How do we have that? Well, as you build community with one another, you start to be able to even have relationship and say, hey, today was a tough day. Here's what I'm dealing with. And they can point you to Jesus instead of pointing you to the bar, instead of pointing you to that relationship. 
pointing you to be bitter and angry. Like, yeah, that person deserves to be yelled at the way you did. But they're like, you know what? Did you respond with love? Because we're responsible for our response. And there's a lot of people that don't know Jesus, and they're going to treat us badly because we live in a broken world. But when you're in relationship with people who love Jesus, it'll help point us in the right direction so that we can wait in wonder of God, so that our wandering can turn into wonder. But the second way, the second way to wait, and this is a difficult one, is to wait on the work of God. There's a song, and I love it, because it, it says, God, if you're not done working, then I'm not done waiting. And that is a hard line to sing. Because in the midst of it, you're like, you know what, but this hurts right now. I'm filled with so much pain and frustration. There's so many problems that are surrounding my life. I don't know what to do to get out of it, God. So I'm just sitting here, and I don't know what to do, and I need you to work. And I need you to work, like, right now. But the amazing thing about who God is and what he did, he could have just sent the Savior right in and just, boom, corrected everything. But he sent Jesus as a baby. He sent Jesus as a baby so that he can live out a life of servant leadership, of love, to say this is what it looks like to love people well. Because there's times, even if, if there are parents in the room, where your child might be struggling in a moment and you could just swoop in and fix it for them. But does that help them in the long run? Or is it more important to be able to say, okay, here's how we can give you guidance through life right now. And that's what, that's what happened with Jesus coming in, saying, I'm going to guide you through this life. And I will never leave you or forsake you, but I am with you. Because Jesus loves you so desperately that he came into the world, not just to be born as a baby, but to die for you. But as we're waiting on the work of God, there's a whole lot of problems that we face. There's a whole lot of pain that we faced. But God's like, you know what? If you turn that to praise, if you praise me in the midst of your pain, if you praise me in the midst of your problems, I will come through and I will show you who I am and how much I love you. Because I have a plan and purpose for your life that's beyond anything that you could understand. The same way as we were sitting there and waiting and saying, God, what does this look like? And our hearts are breaking. Like we just so desperately want to step into the call that God has for our lives. And God's saying, not yet. Just wait because I'm working. You might not see it, but he's working in your life right now. Yes, we can celebrate that because he is. He is working in your life in this moment and saying, you know what? I will work all things together for the good of those who love me. That is a verse that we cling to, right? But that's only half the verse. Because the second half is for those who are called according to his plan or his purpose. Because we might be stuck in this waiting in the moment and we're waiting for God to work. But as we're waiting for God to work, we've got to be living out the purpose that he's called us to. Because if we're living for ourselves, man, you could end up wandering forever. That's what happened with the Israelites. They step up to their promised land. And God's about to give it to them. But they get afraid of what's on the other side. What's on the other side that's holding you back? That's making you live in fear in the moment. So they step back and they start wandering. But God turned that wandering into wonder as he continued to work. 
So they had to go through the desert and wilderness for 40 years before they got that promise. So there's times, yeah, we might mess up, we might make mistakes, and it will hold us back from our destiny, but God's not going to keep your destiny from you. That is not who God is. He loves you, so he'll work all of those things together. As you start living for the purpose of God and what he's called you to do, and you start to follow him, he'll get you through it. He'll lead you to the other side. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter the mistakes you made. It doesn't matter how badly you're hurting and where you're at in that moment. God will continue to lead you out of it. It might take longer than you would have liked, but that's okay because he's trying to teach us patience. To say, be patient because I will work all things for the good of those who love me, who are called according to my plan. And that's why the third one is to wait in worship. At Soul Revival Church, a value that we have here is to walk in worship. We had an opportunity to sing and celebrate God. And that's a form of worship through music. But worship, that has to do with everything on how we live, how we love, how we lead, and how we serve people. God gave his grace to us by sending us his son. And praise is our response to that. Our worship is our response to that. So we have the opportunity to live a life of worship. That we can walk in worship and say, you know what? I'm waiting on the work of God right now, but I'm going to walk in worship as I wait. Because as I worship God, people are going to be like, how are they going through that and they still are celebrating God? How are they so broken right now and trying to figure out how they're going to pay that next bill? But God is still there in the waiting and they're excited about it. Somehow they're smiling every time I see them and I have no idea why because their life is really hard right now. I feel so badly for them, but they're just happy. See, when you start to wait in worship, God will look at that and he'll bless it and give you favor, even if it doesn't look the way you like, because your favor and your blessing, what you're going through, the pain that you're experiencing, might be to help somebody else in their problems. And that's hard to grasp sometimes. That's hard to rest and say, man, what if, what if you're waiting right now is for someone else's worship too? Because when they look at you and go, man, Life is so difficult in this moment, and I'm feeling so challenged, but you're expressing the joy of Jesus, and they go, you know what? I want what they have. I'm going to show up. I'm going to go to this church that they've been inviting me to because for some reason, they're still happy, even though from a worldly perspective, their life looks difficult. They look as though they shouldn't be happy right now. They should be mad at the world, but they're not. They continue to love people. They continue to let people walk all over them. But when we love Jesus and we step into that relationship and we know who he, who he is, we're living in the wonder of God. Even though we're waiting on him to work, but we're, we're waiting in worship, he's going to use any circumstance that we're in. He will work it for his good when we're following his purpose for our lives. But it can be challenging at times. We might be going through some things and we just don't know how to respond to it. But we live in a broken world. We live in a broken world. I promise you something like this world will continue to try to break you. It will, but God can turn a break into a breakthrough. He can turn that break into a breakthrough for you, for the people in your lives, the people that surround you. Everybody in your life can see the benefit of you fighting through and pushing through the brokenness because God's going to use it for your breakthrough and people that surround you. That's no lie, and it's the truth, and it's who God is. He loves you that much to say, you know what? You might be there right now, but you don't have to stay there, and I'm going to help you get out of it, and I'm going to help you push past it. So as we sit and we go, okay, God, I really need your help. I really need you to guide me and lead us through this difficult time. We need to focus on those three ways to wait. We've got to focus on those ways that God wants to use us to speak to us and in us and through us. 
Because that's, that's not where it ends either. So I'm, I want to read. In Luke, um, actually John, yeah, Luke, Luke. Luke 3, 1 to 6. We're there. All right, cool. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip Tetrarch of Ituria, and Trachotus, and Lysanias, Tetrarch of Albine, during the high priesthood of Annas and Cephas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight and the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. Now this was referencing Isaiah 43 to 5. So we thought the 400 years of hearing nothing was a long time to go before God was seen. This was over 700 years of waiting from when Isaiah made that declaration, where he prophesied what God was going to do. So we've jumped forward in time a little bit. So we've heard of the, the birth of John. Now this is John actually living out in the wilderness. This is him fulfilling that promise. This is him walking through and saying, you know what, I'm going to pave the way so that Jesus can come after me. 700 years. You know how many generations of families that would have lived, died, lived, and died? Now that's some long waiting. And it's tough because it can be challenging at times to say, okay, what if my waiting is for the next generation? What if we don't see the fulfillment of what God's placed on our hearts, but we can trust that he's going to do it? How does he want to use me in this moment? What is my life going to look like? But John, as he was in the wilderness, he knew that he had a call on his life. And as he grew up and he's saying, you know what, I'm going to point the way to Jesus. I'm going to talk about, talk about repentance, how people's lives can change and be transformed. And God wants to use that in our current circumstances. He wants to use it in and through us. I'm going to ask our worship team to come up. See, but John, what's really cool about John is that he started to point people to Jesus. He started to tell them exactly who Jesus was. And in the midst of his most difficult moment, he was actually imprisoned, and he was sentenced to death. And beforehand, as he sent his disciples out to go to Jesus' disciples and said, hey, can you go ask Jesus, is he, is he really the Messiah? Is he really the Messiah? Even though his entire life had been based on this, there was a moment of doubt. And I share that today so that you can rest to know that there's moments where you may have doubt. There's moments where you may be uncertain or unsure. But it didn't stop him from living out his purpose. And he got the affirmation to know Jesus is the Messiah. Because God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Now, for me, that came when I was 20, 21. I was 21. And God introduced me to an incredible woman. Now, I'm not advising missionary dating as a way to go about it. Um, but we met working at a K Jewelers. 
And she was coming out of a difficult time in her life where she actually had to move back from Colorado, transfer to the K-Jewelers in Racine. And my aunt happened to be the manager there and gave me a job. I accepted it. I don't know if I passed the, the exam that I needed to or not, but I started selling jewelry. On my first day of work, I saw that beautiful woman right there. I was like, man, I got to get to know her. My mom probably thought some other not-so-Christian things because I wasn't a Christian at the time. But when I saw her and I started to pursue her, she continued to share who Jesus was with me. Because my entire life, I grew up thinking, man, there is not a God out there. There cannot be. But really, the God that I didn't believe in, I knew was there, but I just thought he didn't love me, that I wasn't worthy of that love. That there is no way God could love me because of the brokenness that I have, because of the mistakes that I've made within my life. There are so many things I've done that I'm, I'm so ashamed of or felt that shame in those moments to say, man, how could God love me in the midst of it all? To grow up and have a childhood where you see your stepdad shot and killed at the age of 10 and all you feel is brokenness and saying, how could I have done something differently to make it so that that didn't happen? What if I had just been there and that didn't happen? And then to numb the pain, you start to drink alcohol at the age of 10. I was just stuck in it. I was, I was wandering. I was wandering, and I was broken, and I was alone. See, but what I love about it is in that moment, as I reflect on it now, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have wished that upon anyone. But now I wouldn't change it for the world. Because I know the brokenness I experienced could be for somebody else's breakthrough. I know the pain that I experienced could be for somebody else to overcome their problems. And there's nothing unique or special about me. We all have that opportunity. Because God will turn your brokenness into a breakthrough. But we've got to be willing to wait. We've got to wait well. We've got to wait in the wonder of God. We've got to wait on the work of God as hard as it may be. And we have to wait in worship of God. You see, and as we continued to date, and she continued to share with me about this Jesus that seemed so distant and far off. But there was something about it because of how adamant she was for me to know this Jesus. Because of how important it was for me to know who this Jesus was. And I couldn't understand it. How could she have faith? She just had a difficult experience and feels, feels broken herself right now, but somehow she keeps pointing me to Jesus. Who is this Jesus? Because I want that. And when I was in middle school, I went to one of those youth nights. A friend invited me, so I did it, and they gave me a Bible. And I never cracked it once. But then, one time, we're on the phone, and as I'm sitting there and we're having a conversation about Jesus, and I'm still pushing back, for whatever reason, that Bible caught my eye. So I said, you know what, I'm going to open it. I'm going to open it, and I'm going to see what happens. And when I opened it, it opened right to John. John 1, I just started like, okay, I'm just going to read. I'm going to read from the beginning. And it said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. 
the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. All. Everybody has the opportunity. God doesn't hold it back from anyone. So that all may believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And in that moment, I broke down. And I said, Jesus, I believe. I believe in who you are, and I want a relationship with you. And the question I have for you today is, who is your John? Who is that person that pointed you to the light? They may not have been the light, but they reflected it. Because when you walk closely with Jesus, you reflect his light. You have that light within you that shines out and that can change and impact lives. And maybe that person brought you here today. Maybe they invited you to church. And you're like, you know what, I'm here. I'm going to give this thing one last shot. Maybe it was an advertisement. Maybe that was a light. Like I saw it on Facebook. I don't know. Somebody checked in there and I thought maybe I should check it out. But I would also ask, are you being the John for someone else? If you're living in relationship with Jesus and you're like, that's me and this is so important to me, my faith is so important to me, are you reflecting that light? And it can be difficult and challenging at times, but I promise when you live in the wonder of God, while you wait for him to work and you continue to worship in the midst of it, he's going to use you to shine that light. Because the test that you're facing might be someone else's testimony. Because God will use all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his plan. Now, if you're in here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, you've never said that I want that and made that outward declaration and today you're like, you know what, now's the time. Today is the day. I want all that God has for my life. I'd love to step into a relationship with Jesus. If that's you in a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And know that this is a place where you don't have to believe to belong. So even if you're still working through it, we'd love for you to continue to spend time with us because God's working in your waiting. But if that's you, I'm going to ask every head bowed, eye closed in this place. And I want to ask that if that's you on the count of three, I'm going to have you shoot your hand up. One, Jesus loves you. Two, your life will never be the same. And three, if that's you, can you shoot your hand up? Can you shoot your hand up? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God sees you. Thank you. And in this moment, we're going to pray together. We're going to pray together because as we express hourly what God's doing through our voice that we can celebrate, God will activate so much within our lives because he loves us. You made that decision right now and you are forever changed. There's nothing else that you have to do because God said if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And that's it. But as we pray together, we'd love to pray in celebration. And everyone, if you could pray with us in this moment out loud. God, we thank you so much. We thank you that you sent your son to die for us. We thank you that he rose from the dead. And because of that, we have eternal life. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate that together as all heaven celebrates right now? That lives were changed today. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.